Are you ready to change your life, your mind, and change the way you see your world? Well, this is the Minds Gym Podcast with myself, Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover. And here we go. guys how's everyone doing out there hopefully well uh i'm assuming you guys all listen to rebecca's podcast part one and part two isn't she an amazing young lady hope you guys found some neat uh tools and exercises you can do to to better your life and uh hopefully you're doing some of those exercises and uh, uh homework that i leave you each week uh got a pretty neat dude on the podcast today. This guy's, uh, I met him about a month ago at the, at the gym, at the treehouse. I'm seeming to find a lot of really neat human beings that got some incredible stories there. Uh, and uh, I found another guy there I met a month ago. His name's Pete Benda. How are you doing? Good. How are you today, Pete? Really good. Good. He was in a uh, an accident when he was 14 years old. He was at uh, Juan Diego High School. And he fell off the scissor lift uh, in theater class. And it was about 30 feet high. And uh, he fell and uh, uh, broke his femur, hit his head, and uh, was in a coma for about two and a half months. And uh, had to recover from some traumatic brain injuries. Um, I believe the doctors let mom and dad know. They weren't sure if you were going to make it or not. Um, He didn't speak... Um, talk or move for what a good four to six weeks, I think, Pete. So, two and a half months. Yeah, well, no, no. I was in a coma for about two and a half months. And from October 26, 2012 to January 6, 2013, I was just in a vegetative stare in the left hand quadrant. And I just couldn't do anything then. Wow. So. Incredible. So as I talk to this young man at the gym, he's 21 now, and just to hear how his mind works, you guys, as you all know, this is the Mind's Gym podcast, and I believe the goal on this planet is to kind of understand and, and figure out the mind and and uh, how do we uh, train that mind or work that mind to be a better, more loving uh, human beings and uh, better individuals that's kinder to our neighbors and, and uh, anybody we come in contact with, so... Pete's one of the rare gems that I've met in my life that uh, uh, the way he functions today, and I didn't know him seven years ago, but um, uh, as I've conversed with this young man the last month or so, he he functions, it seems to me, from pure love. Um, and uh, he doesn't uh, uh, have the uh, ability to cry since his accident, which we'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast. And uh, he has a difficult time uh, understanding sadness and uh, a few other things. So uh, I think this guy might have it all figured out. So I think we have a a lot to learn from him today. Don't you think, Pete? Oh, yeah, for sure. So anyways, um, before we start, though, um, there is a video 
that uh, he put out, uh, or Project Listen put out. It's called Project Listen Benda Family. His last name is B as in boy, E-N-D-A. So if you guys would please watch that video really quick before you listen to the podcast, it'll give you a really good background on Pete's story, and you'll be able to see him in the hospital um, going through his recovery process, and you can see what a traumatic event this was for him and his family and his uh, mother and father. Um, it's, it's a really neat video. It's only about seven minutes, and uh, it'll really give you a, an amazing uh, uh, background on, on Pete's journey here. And then also, he, I found he's got a little blog post that he does. What's the name of your blog post? It's called hashtag braininjuryproblems.wordpress.org. Cool. And do you still post on there? As of right now, no. Just I'm worried more with um, school, just trying yeah. to get through my college education. Yeah. And then if I decide, maybe I'll go back to it later in my life. Yeah. But. I read a few of the posts. They're actually really neat. Um, it'd be fun if you were working on that a little harder. I found it really interesting. I, w- I would like to get back into it, but I just don't really see the... I just don't really see the, um, I don't know, I just feel like people aren't interested in it, so that's oh, really? kind of why I'm oh, just like that's okay. giving it a break for well, a little I bit. I thought it was fascinating, and what I'm going to do is read one of Pete's uh, blog posts from a couple years ago, and this will give you the basic bra- background of uh, kind of his experience and uh, uh, what he went through. So I'm going to read this real quick, real quick, and this is what Pete wrote. In 2017, I believe. And it's called Lifted. It says, whenever you're discouraged, try and try again. Even try a book. I was someone that loved to read even when it was not an appropriate time. I read my favorite books and even tried to read some of the Dawning books that my librarian suggested. I enjoyed the Last Apprentice series, doing research about electrical wiring, and my interests were very broad at the time. This all seemed to be an easy task, and I wondered if words were not so intriguing and interesting. How would life function? I'm going to touch on that in the podcast today, too. I love that uh, statement there. You know, if words were not so intriguing and interesting, how would life even function? It's a good thought there, Pete. I kept on telling myself this on and on again, something that people strive and put their lives towards, and I felt that it as if I was one of the lucky ones that could read and enjoy it and felt proud of it. However, during my freshman year in high school, changed everything. I was in a technical theater. I was in technical theater, and you had to write and read about every machine that the theater has along with the play or performance you were working on. It was something that I wanted to pursue. Somehow I was fortunate enough to be allowed into the high school's technical theater as a freshman. I loved everything about it. Even the teacher was cool. I had to go up into the cherry picker or scissor lift that raises you up to the ceilings. All the cool kids were doing it, and I thought, I'm going to put myself to the test. I went 30 feet up in the air in the auditorium to change a lamp, and the lift tipped over, crashing and leaving me with some bad impairments, a broken femur, and a traumatic brain injury. I had a compound spiral fracture, a diffuse 
axonal injury. Axonal. Axonal injury to my brain. I was in a coma for six weeks, and I couldn't speak for two and a half months. My parents were told 90% of people with my type of brain injury remain in a vegetative state. I even had to learn how to swallow, walk, and use the bathroom. While in the hospital, I do endure vigorous amounts of therapies to help rewire my brain. The therapist said my brain was like a filing cabinet that tipped over and everything was filed wrong. I had to learn how to put the files back into the right order. I have all the information stored, but it is a matter of finding it. I'm still trying to find the files that are out of place. Everything that I already learned was gone, including how to read and write. Every day for about a year, I was taking different therapies that supposedly helped cure and save me. I'm not sure if anything saved me. Or was it truly all me with my dedication and persistence that kept me fighting through everything? That's a pretty amazing statement there, too, Pete. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I talk about, save your lovely self. You sure did here, buddy. Good job. What was once easy, reading and writing, was non-existent. I struggled with everyday tasks like reading recipes, text messages, and even writing the alphabet. Over the past three years, reading has been different. I haven't enjoyed reading as I once did. Now I only read out of necessity for school. Reading is something that people take for granted. My eyesight is not the same anymore because my eyes do not focus like they used to. I see letters and words doubled and have to use prism glasses to help focus since my new brain cannot do it on its own. I also have a problem retaining and holding on to information that I just read or heard. It requires me to reread things several times in order to get the big picture. This can sometimes be exhausting, which makes me fatigued and not want to continue. Even though I may want to continue reading and writing, my brain is done. This also causes frustration because I cannot read like I used to. This causes a major damper to my learning. As I write this paper, I have to reread it and also had to read it out loud to myself just to make sure it makes sense. In my mind, this paper makes sense to me, but to a normal reader, they may struggle to follow what intentions I have to say. As they say, you can never judge a book by its cover. I feel like I fit this. I look like a normal student, but people don't realize what is on the inside. People should pick up a book and get to know what's inside, just like people should talk and get to know different people. This might open up a whole new world for you. Mm-hmm. Well said, buddy. Thank you. My goodness. About brings a tear to my eye, Pete. Mm-hmm. This is what... Um, this is why I started the podcast for exactly what you just wrote there. You can't wow. judge a people by the book, right? Sure you always got to see what's inside and you never really know what's going on in people's brains. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't know their whole story, their journey, their history. No. And if we could just sit with people and, and uh, not judge them by their cover, that's kind of the key to, to uh, making this world a better place. Definitely. Yeah. Good job, buddy. So tell me a little bit, Pete, now today, um, how are you doing reading and writing? I know you're in school, you're going to college. Yeah, I'm going... How is reading and writing going for you? Reading and writing is going, I think, really really well. Um, 
because I'm attending Salt Lake Community College. I'm in the hospitality management program. So I really, I don't know, just something. I had like a lot of epiphanies when I, because I used to work up at Snowbird and I was working as like a greeter and like that made me fall in love because that's pretty much something that hospitality management you kind of do, just dealing with different like um, customers and stuff like that and helping them to in the hotel or the food and beverage industry. And I just had like a lot of epiphanies and fell in love with it. So what kind of epiphanies did you have? That I loved pretty much anything. Anything up at Snowbird, it's yeah. just, like, the people there, the good vibes and everything like that yeah. were all up at Snowbird. And I knew that l- later in life, because I know, I've, I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but um, I probably should talk to them. But mm-hmm. they have, like, this um, incentive. Like, once you work there for a certain amount of years, you get, like, good bonus packages. Obviously, it's like every single company does, but I just like Snowbird because of the fact that there's good people up there already, which is like one of the things I wanted to get off in the first place. And then um, just all of the like the good vibes up there yeah. just really just wants me there. to go back up there and good for continue you. to work for them. So you love Snowbird. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Nothing better than being in the mountains, is no, there? No, honestly. Couldn't yeah. be any... Yeah, Mother Nature. Mother Nature is the best. Yeah, good for you. So, uh, any thoughts? Can you remember back? uh, You know, you're in your coma there. You know, or let's start. Let's see. Let's let's go back a little bit. Um, You grew up in. I grew up in Utah. Um, I was born at the LDS Hospital, um, June nineteenth, nineteen ninety eight, and. What my family and I would do, we'd go to Michigan every year because my dad, he's from Detroit, and that's something he has a piece of property out in um, Michigan. And so we'd go out there every year for the past pretty much 20 years and out of 21. I don't know. It doesn't. And so we do that every single year. And that's just something that really helped shape and grow my whole prospect on life so mm-hmm. from you- all these different experiences going to Michigan and everything like seeing different people because my dad's in a family of nine people um mm-hmm. and through all those uncles and aunts I was able to get a different experience than some people aren't fortunate enough to be able to do mm-hmm. so I'm very fortunate that I got to experience the whole mid midwest because that's where Michigan is at and I just absolutely fell in love with that part of the United States. Cool. And then you have any siblings? I do. I have one brother who's 26. He's a New Year's baby, January 1st. And then cool. my sister, she is 20, I think 25. And her birthday is like September 28th. So, cool. yeah. So just one brother, one sister. Yep, for sure. I'm and the then, youngest. I'm yeah. the baby of the family. Cool. And you're the coolest, right? Uh, of course. <laughs> That's what people say. And then your <laughs> And then your dad's name's Rob. Yes. And what's your mom's name? Chris. Yeah. I talked to your dad this morning on the phone for a minute and he told me some amazing facts about you. Uh uh, which we'll discuss here a little bit too. And um so you grew up in Draper? 
Sandy, actually. Sandy. Because that's the only place. It's actually my third move. Yeah. We used to live in um, lower, like right at the bottom of Wasatch. Mm-hmm. That's just like part of Sandy. And then we moved up into like the mouth of the foothills of Wasatch Mountains. Mm-hmm. And then we just moved a little bit two miles up <laughs> Wasatch. So pretty much anywhere in Sandy. Yeah. Covered I'd like it. to say I've covered it. So. Okay. So tell me about, can you remember the day uh, you're up on that scissor lift and you fell? Do you remember any part of that oh day? Oh, boy. Um, from, like, what, I, here's what I'm getting. Like, people tell me these things. Like, tell me what happened and everything like that. And that's why I think I create my own little visual imagination of what it was like that. Because, like, obviously I was up there, but at the same time, I don't know if I remember that. I can't really say that um, I do or do not remember that. I just remember, yes, kind of being up there, but I can't really remember the day of what I was wearing, things like that. Just like, I don't think that's, I don't think it's really possible for me to be able to retain that information from so long ago, especially. And do you remember um, anything like the day before or previous to falling no do you have any memories as childhood memories well, before you were 15 I, all my past tense memories yes i do i do remember for example um the summer before um i went to school i was um spending like a month out with my uncle um in birmingham michigan and i got to tour like the whole part of detroit that some people don't really get to do. So mm-hmm. my uncle took me out there and he got to take me to like all these great restaurants and I loved it. Fun. Good for you. Yeah, it was a great time. So uh, let's talk about when you came out of the coma. What was your first memory? Do you remember? Um, you know, you, th- you said earlier, kind of explained to me, you thought you were in this little vegetative state for, you were in a coma for about two, two and a half months. Your dad said your eyes were open for part of it, but you couldn't speak or move or... Anything so? What is your th- right. recollection of the that? Only thing I remember, I do remember. This just takes a little bit, but um, I would say one of the things that I remember the day that I left Primary Children's Medical Center for Children, um, I remember hugging one of the nurses. His name was Big Jeff. That's what his nickname was, and that's. I remember doing that, and then riding in the car with um, Susan Meyer, who was kind of like our family friend who was with my mom Uh during the entire 111 days that I spent in the hospital, Um, whether it was two and a half weeks at IMC Medical Center in Murray, Utah, or and then I was transferred up to primaries after that. So those she was there countless day in and day out. So she quit her job and was able to help my mom because my mom was her best friend at that time. So That's a nice lady. Mm -hmm. Pretty amazing. Wonderful friend. For sure. I wish I had one if that ever happens. (laughs) My kid or whatever like that. Oh, you're going to have plenty of good friends. I hope so. Um, So your your first memory was just leaving the hospital and driving in the car. Pretty much. Yeah. And that was after the two or two and a half months mm-hmm, for sure. stay, just driving home and hugging Big Jeff. That's kind of <laughs> your first memory. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I, I don't, 
I don't really know about that one just because it was a lot of different stimulus and stuff going on. It's just mm-hmm. like everything was happening like really fast and I can't remember what happened in this moment compared to the other moments, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Do you remember um, as you were in a coma, did you have any experiences at all like going to the other side? Or? Well, actually, no. People, when they say like, have, did you die? Did you go up to heaven? Did you come back? Did you yeah. like... Were you filled with all this, like, great positivity and everything like that? At the time, no. I didn't think anything good came from that accident at all. I was just like, why did this happen to me? Because, like, my eyesight was bad. I was very fatigued and everything like that. And now that I'm able to realize, like, what is kind of, like, what happened to me and everything, like, I'm so grateful that it did happen to me because I've met really some of the best people that I've ever came in contact with even, I don't know, better than my parents or whatever. But um, I'm so grateful because I feel like if I wouldn't have had this accident happen to me, Mm -hmm. then I probably would have gone down drugs or alcohol. And that probably would have put me in this um, position that I wouldn't have been able to get back out of. And I'm so grateful that I know a little bit about what, um, toxic um, drugs and alcohol do to impair your brain just from like taking or inducing those drugs or alcohol. So I just know from my whole, pretty much my whole life so far, mm-hmm. I'm able to realize that all those things are not in my <laughs> position for me doing. Yeah, they're not beneficial. No, right? not beneficial cool. at all. So you said that you had an accident. And I'm a firm believer there's no accidents. Do you still think it was an accident or was it an on purpose when you fell off that scissor lift? Well, I don't know. The whole school thing and everything, but um, I would say it wasn't an accident. I just kind of feel like it just was supposed to happen because yeah. maybe I was going down like a dark path and maybe God like decided that that was a bad time. Maybe that's why he did it to me is so that I could be able to understand with how precious life is. And so that's why he did it to me, I feel. Yeah, good for you. You're an amazing young man, dude. Thank you, Brandon. The world's... um, Wish there was more of me, but yeah, not. If there was more of you, can you imagine how cool this planet would be? It would be so kick-ass. It'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so you don't remember any of the therapies? I know you're you had to go through like vision therapy, speech therapy. I do. I do remember cognitive I therapy. Still ear. go to speech. I go to um, neuropsych e- evaluation, or not? No, I go to um, I go to psychology, um, neuropsychology um, assessments down at the University of Utah. And then I also go to sh- um, SLP or sh- um, speech language pathology down mm-hmm. at um, Sugar House Rehabilitation, which is still considered University of Utah. And then I'm actually doing visual um, vision therapy um, at Tosh Clinic. Mm-hmm. And so those are my three exercises that I need to do for my recovery. Cool. So I was going to ask you, how is your vision now? Is it getting better like each year? Or is it about the same? You still wear those prism glasses? Oh, I have to. I have to wear those prisms in order to be able to retain the information and be able to take in what I'm reading. Really? But um, 
for my vision, I found out that my upper level of my eyesight is kind of like blind, even though like my left quadrant of my vision, my visual field was kind of like blind before through hemianopsia. Mm-hmm. But um, that now it's just like a part of my upper upper quadrant of my vision that I guess is blinded. So I guess I'm not sure what that means, but that's why I have to do like different therapies every single day. And on the daily, I have to do like Brock string. I have to do like a clock. I have to do like all this different exercises to be able to retain um, my eyesight to be back to the way it used to be. Because I know eyesight that you can reheal your eyesight because your eyes are muscles and if you strengthen those then you'll be able to get back to almost whatever you used to do really so what kind of eye exercises are uh, are you doing currently well Maybe, uh, i need to try a few i'm starting to lose my close-up vision can i oh yeah can you i might. fix that i think you i bet you could for sure so what are the exercises you do just so tell us quickly some of the things i have to do a brock string which has five different beads on it and you have to converge your eyes into each of the beads you have to go from like five to one and then one to five or no one two and then two to one and then three to one and then four to one and then five to one. And then you just have to do that. And then you have to look up at a clock, I guess. And then like, I just got like a lifesaver, which means like converging your eyes. You have to like converge it. So it creates two different um, circles that create L and R. And then it creates um, the two of them together. It'll create clear, Hmm. I guess. I don't. Cool. It's hard to explain. Yeah, that's cool. And how many, Minutes a day or so do you work on mm, some of those 20, high exercises? 20 to 30 minutes or so. And you pretty much do them every day? Give or take, yes. Good for you. Try to. Yeah. So that's on my schedule. I don't have to wait for anyone yeah. to tell me what I should be doing at this mm-hmm. point or later on. So I yeah. do it when I have free time in the day. Yeah. Um, I got to ask you another question. So were you in that coma? And we, And I asked you earlier, but... Did you see any lights or anything happen? I don't know if you answered that, but nothing. No, I, I did not Zero see recollection. anything. Like, that's what I was trying to say about, like, how people say you go back to heaven, you go to heaven, then you come back down. I don't feel I got any of that. Yeah. Like, I was, like, really ex- I really actually kind of, like, fell in love with those books before my accident, pretense, the accident, October 20, whatever. Um, and... And then I thought maybe this could happen to me, but no. So my mom, she's a big advocate for traumatic brain injury survivors. Mm -hmm. And she was telling me, like, right when I got out of the hospital that I might start up a new language. Like, because that's something that has been um, studied through people who have had a brain injury as severe as mine. Mm -hmm. That they just start speaking, like, Chinese. And they have no idea. They know how to write it. They know how to do all that. I'm just like... I've I wish I kind of had that. So you didn't I don't get know that. any. I have no special powers that I didn't have before. I think you have a lot of special powers. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're kind, loving, open, no ability that, to feel. Actually, pain. I'd rather have that than any of those. Well, aren't those powers. pretty special powers? Yeah, I yeah. think so. So, um, uh, next question is, uh, um, during, 
uh, your recovery process after you started having some uh, memory that you could, you know, remember what took place? Did you believe that you would fully recover, like, mentally and physically? Well, I was told that from my um, physicians, my doctors, my therapists were saying that no brain injury can ever heal back up to the same exact potential what it used to be. And I've kind of, like, tried to understand that through the past seven and a half years or so, and I'm... I'm okay with that just because I know what this body this body and what this it can do. So I'm just able to, as long as I'm able to understand what it can do mm-hmm. myself, um, I, it'll open up a whole new world for me because if I know what I can do, then I'm able to create expectations and be able to understand what my limits are. Yeah, cool. Um, and then you are back in college, and college is going well. You're going to community college. Is I all do. that going well? I, I love it. You love it's honestly. You, you love to learn. I do. It's actually one of my favorite things to do. Cool. What what classes are you taking? Well, right now it's kind of like an off season for. I'm in um, OTA, which stands for Occupational Therapy Assistant, mm-hmm. and then I'm in Math 980, mm-hmm. which is. In other words, just algebra, but mm-hmm. the OTA class was just kind of like a, um, a mandatory class that I guess will transfer over to partial credits for my generals. So mm-hmm. I don't really know if that's going to work, but, and I just wanted to see with what OTA was even like. So I'm yeah. really glad because I got to learn about like um, the different strands of like different therapy, like, um, hold on. I'll come back to it, but okay. um, I'll write it down. Okay, um, and then so the math class is super hard, but I yeah. I know that if other people are doing it, yeah, you can what's do it. the difference yeah. between me and them? So do you feel like you have to work for harder than some of the other students in the class, or do you feel like you're picking it up really well? Well, the thing is, I have an aide. Annabelle Larson, she's Annabelle. my full-time aide, and hi Annabelle, is she amazing? I th- oh she's she's pretty awesome. She's I love cool. her. Love her so much. Good. We kind of hang out like we've had. She was my aide at Juan Diego, um, my senior year of high school, and ever since then, just kind of been staying with me. So, um, you just said you wanted to have an amazing friend. If you ever had something happen, well, you have several. I. That's the thing. Like, I have a lot of <laughs> friends. I have a lot of moms. I have everything that people don't have. So yeah, I guess I'm just being, like, too over. I want more than what I have, which yeah. is so bad. I really need to take that back yeah. on myself. That but sounds like a normal human being. We always want more than what we want have, more. We? You always want the most. So. Yeah. Wouldn't it be neat if we could just be happy with what we have and accept what we have right now and stay out of the future of wanting more. That is so true. Boy, we'd be pleasant, content humans, no wouldn't we? No wars or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no war, all nothing. Peace. Yep, all peace, which that's the goal at the end of the day, right? It sure is. Well, I bet Annabelle's amazing. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. So is she, if she was your aide in high school, is she your age or she was a teacher's well, aide back then? She's a little bit then? older. She's like almost closer to my parents' age. Oh, So nice. she's... I don't know, just like, yeah. just like I've realized that like 
certain people they have different like expectations or things like that in mm-hmm. your life. So I'm able to understand that. So. Cool. I love it. So and what she taught me as soon as because like I was telling you about maybe I don't know if we've talked about it yet, but my whole breakup and everything like that. She yeah. told me of a poem. Reason, Seasons, Lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love that. Um, if you guys want, you guys can look that. Um, reasons. Reasons, seasons, seasons, Lifetime. That's a poem? It's a poem. It's it's unknown, but... Is it a short poem or a long poem? Um, Let me... I have it right here. Well, why don't you read it? Do you want to? Yeah, I would love to. That'd be so really cool. So it says, people come into your life for a reason. A reason... No, a season or a lifetime. When you figure out which one it is, you'll know what to do for each person. When someone someone is in your life for a reason, it is usually to meet a need you have expressed. They've come to assist you through difficulty, to provide you with guidance and support, to aid you physically, emotionally, or spiritually. They may seem like a godsend, and they are. They're there for the reason you need them to be. Then without any wrongdoing on your part, or at an inconvenient time, this person will say or do something to bring that relationship to an end. Sometimes they die. Sometimes they walk away. Sometimes they act up and force you to take a stand. What we must realize is that our need has, not, has been met, our desire fulfilled. Their work is done. The prayer you sent up has been answered, and now it's time to move on. Some people come into your life for a season because your turn has come to share, grow, or learn. They bring you an experience of peace or make you laugh. They may teach you something that you have never done. They usually give you an unbelievable amount of joy. Believe it. It is real, but only for a season. Lifetime relationships teach you lifetime lessons, things you must build upon in order to have a solid emotional foundation. Your job is to accept the lesson, love that person, and put what you have learned to use in all of the relationships and areas of your life. It is said that love is blind, but friendship is clairvoyant. And that's where the end of the poem is. That's amazing. So from it's that, beautiful poem. she told me about it. And I was just like, that was like definitely needed for me when I was in a time of like mourning and everything yeah. like that. So, Because yeah. you had a partner the last I recently, did. right? Past eight months. Past eight months. And uh, um, he decided that uh, he wanted to make a change, right? Yeah, he just said that like, he couldn't see his life with me, even though before, past the months beforehand, he was yeah. saying he could see, like, marrying me and stuff like that. I'm saying, I'm, yeah. I wasn't ready for that because I wanted to get my college education done. He just wasn't on the same page as I was, so. Well, good. I bet you'll find somebody better. I hope so. I Even better. And are you doing okay since uh, the breakup? Oh, yeah, I'm doing great. I've actually realized that I want to go down to um, help volunteer down at in circle yeah in circle is a lgbtq plus in my opinion i feel it's an lgbtq plus um safe house yeah. and i'm i met some really great people down there yeah, people yeah. who live in like near me and yeah so cool. good for you yeah see everything great. happens for a everything reason does happen for a reason you are so right Brandon. you are so right you just read it to us all. I, I guess i did but <laughs> i just need to be able to take that in and yeah be able to decipher it for myself yeah. and just like your 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 accident which i would call it on purpose 
you know, there was a reason for that to get you to this point. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes into your life and then he leaves for a reason so that you can go to Encircle and do some... Are but you doing speaking is, engagements at Encircle or are you just... Not yet. I haven't talked to them about that yet. Okay. But um, the whole thing, like, he was very toxic. He was saying, like, he didn't want me going to the gym. He didn't want yeah. me going down to Encircle just because of the fact that he didn't like... Um, the whole gay um, atmosphere around it because people who are gay, they make it seem like they need more than what they already have. Mm -hmm. And so from that, like he wouldn't let me go to the gym because there was a lot of other guys there and you didn't want me falling for them when the fact that we were already in a relationship, which I found like the worst. So that was just one of the red flags. Yeah. Well, He's probably just a, gone. Yeah, just a jealous human being, and it sure was. was concerned that he might lose you. But you know what? Sounds like he decided to go down a different avenue, and probably best for him and best for you. Yeah, I hope so. You're hope gonna find. Did. I hope he does great, and I hope I do even better. And I'm sure you both will. You know the I agree. the one the universal law: <laughs> things have to get better. They sure do. That's the universal law. So tell me about. Uh, your breakup a little bit, not about it, but I just want to know. So we we spoke at the gym, and you said you you don't have the ability to cry sure, since I, the accident. I, I haven't been able to even during um, some of like the um, prestigious like awards or like like very sad moments during my high school and everything like mm-hmm. that. Like everyone else was crying. Like recently, about 2017 or so, November. Um, my best friend, my dog, he passed away, and I couldn't shed a tear. I couldn't even, like, produce, like, my eyes weren't even watering. It just, like, it just happened that, like, I couldn't be able to do any of that. So, yeah. unfortunately, I don't know what part of the brain it is that creates um, emotions or things like that, but I do know that I maybe I got put with, like, the bad I'm just going to say quote-unquote curse, but um, I don't know why I deserve to be the one who who cannot cry because yeah. I – sorry. Go ahead. Is I it? was going to say, like, I'm, I, I feel like I have the motion capability to be able to um, shed a tear, but I just can't produce the um, – the tear coming the out of my ear ducts. So yeah. I just cannot do that. So when your dog died, do you experience like, are you sad though? Or can you not even really find sadness? Well, I can find sadness just be based on what everyone else around me is kind of doing. And <laughs> I'm able to learn from all my surroundings and all my f- friends. Um, mm-hmm. And to be able to see with what, if they're like, crying and like having an emotional like let's just say um my friend she's having like a very emotional um breakup or something like that i'm able to understand with what's going on in her life and be able to cope and understand through sympathy and empathy that um all these different things happen for everything does happen for a reason that's mm-hmm. something that i'm trying to live with as of right now, um, mm-hmm. trying to live by everything does happen for a reason. So, and if it does happen for a reason, well, there's no reason to be sad. I know there sure isn't. <laughs> so why do we need to learn how to be sad? I don't know. It's just <laughs> part of one of the things that 
as humans have. Isn't it weird? It sure is. But don't you think as child children, we were taught how to be sad. We were taught how to be happy. We were taught how to cry. And Mm -hmm. we were taught all that stuff. And you're fortunate enough to have not been able to tap into the space or the emotion that teaches you to be sad I think that might have happened because my accident happened at such a young age that I I didn't really get to experience like the true... I don't know, because like as as I was fourteen, there I was still part of like the childhood years of me being able to learn and understand myself to be better for myself in my future, and as it kind of put a very big limitation on my whole livelihood um, when I was fourteen, that created a whole new persona of me as an individual. So I feel that through all this, then. I don't, I, I don't know. It's just... No, I don't know either. I just think you're cool. Thank you, Brandon. You're welcome. So was it a curse that you lost the ability to cry, or is that a blessing? Well, actually, I feel like it's a blessing. Okay. Because of the fact... <laughs> everyone's just like, they're crying, like, day in, day out, and... I can't, I can't do that. So Well, there's no reason I, to. There sure isn't. There never should be a reason to mm. cry or no. any of these things. If everything happens for a reason and on purpose... That's true. And if, <laughs> if God's got his hands in everything that's taking place, there is no reason to cry or be upset. Everything's happening for a reason that God intended. Yeah. yeah. And so then why do we get upset and happy and anxious and depressed and sad. I don't know. I don't know either. I think those emotions we were all taught as young children by watching our parents and other people be sad. It's, and it's our we, parents' fault that created this whole psychological thing that we need to cry by when we hurt ourselves or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So they, they Parents teach us a lot, don't they? They sure do. Some good, some bad. Yeah. Uh, I'd agree with that 100%. I think we're... Uh, Completely conditioned on how to uh, experience situations by TV, mm-hmm. TV, brothers, sisters, neighbors, family. Uh, it's amazing how much like we learn as children. Because I think when we're little, teeny, come right out of the womb, we we don't know what's sad or happy or cry or sure don't. You know, but we we sure learn it as we age. So that's why I think you're so special, Pete, is because uh, I think you. You're blessed to be able to not experience as maybe as many highs and lows. Do you experience like real high happiness? Or are you pretty oh, like I, 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 neutral as far as you're happy and you're in and you're sad, or do you feel like you're pretty just Don't get me wrong, like I feel like I certain parts of my life, like yes, I do get those um surges in like dopamine and I'm very happy, very ecstatic and all those things, but I just just I just can't cry. So unfortunately, yeah. that's not something I can do at this stage in my life. Yeah. So maybe later in my life, once my life is mellowed out and everything like that, maybe once I get a job or yeah. later in that life, that livelihood. But I don't entirely know as of right now. Yeah. So. I'd say fortunately. Fortunately, you don't I cry. cannot cry. So <laughs> knock on wood. Do you so. want to be able to cry? No. Okay. No. Because I like you. the part... That's just a piece of me that yeah. other people can't, can't experience. They don't have empathy or sympathy that I can't cry. Well, they make it seem like I can't cry because I'm, I'm like 
I just I don't understand exactly what they're going through. I'm just like, mm-hmm. um, I I know, if not more, what you're going through, just in a different realm. Yeah. But I know what kind of what you're going through, yeah. if not worse. So. Sure. Yeah. Wow. And you experience probably a lot more peace than most human beings with that, I think with so the too. inability to cry. I think you're a happier, more, you know, go lucky dude. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what about love? Do you know what love feels like? Well, based on my past relationship, kind of like what we were talking about, I thought that was love. I thought maybe that could have been the person. I didn't know because I was like learning from my parents about... I was asking my mom everything about what I should say to um, my ex. And at the time, she was like, no, you shouldn't say that. You should or you should not say that just because she's been through it all. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so I didn't really have anyone else to rely on yeah. or go back to. So, like, none of my friends are going to help me. Yeah. None of them are because they're new to it also. Sure. So I can't be, like, oh, putting all my life problems onto anyone else besides mm-hmm me and I if my mom wants to help me then I'm gonna use any help that I possibly can get and what about just trusting yourself and knowing what to say for you don't you think you have the right answers that's gonna wrap up part one of Pete's podcast thanks for listening guys Uh, I really appreciate you uh, again uh, sharing the podcast and getting this out to the world hopefully it's uh, all benefiting uh, you and uh all the human beings you come in contact with. And is it uh, true that uh, you have all the right answers? Don't we all have equal wisdom? And every once in a while we just need another human being to help us tap into who we really are. So don't be afraid to reach out and ask for some assistance uh, when you're struggling. I tell my kids all the time, never be afraid to ask. You'll be amazed what uh, you find. Human beings are so... Uh, kind and willing and and we love uh, helping others so never be afraid to ask when you're in a dark place here's your homework for the week Uh, some morning meditations get up 15 minutes earlier get on YouTube or whatever and find a meditation that works for you do some deep breathing and uh, you know take in some oxygen in the morning and fill that brain up with some good air and uh, see if it makes your day any better And I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and thank you all very much again. If you need to contact me, uh, themindsgym at gmail.com. If you have any questions at all, please post them, Facebook, Instagram, you know, your turbo lover, or follow me on the Instagram, the Minds Gym Podcast. Send out any questions you have, and uh, don't be afraid to come to the group that I have every other Wednesday, which is going to be tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, November 20th. So this is your turbo lover and peace out. Make sure you take care of yourself, guys. Peace. Peace.